thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. It is such a joy for us to get to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. And we invite you to get your Bible, get a notepad and pen and pencil or your device, whatever you take notes on and follow along with us. Become a student because we're going to study some things today and there'll be a blessing to you. Um, we've been teaching on the subject of worshiping and praising God because uh, whether you realize it or not, worship and praise is an act of faith. Amen. And uh, we've been starting this off remembering something and quoting something that one of my favorite things that Brother, that brother Copeland says, and it's this. He says, pray, when you pray, you lay hold of things. But when you praise you win battles Amen. and you need to know how to get to the yeah. other side of that opposition. And praising God is a huge ingredient in the fight of faith. Yes. It's a, it's, it's a flow that attaches, uh, it attaches your, your, your tongue to your spirit where your faith resides. So it attaches your tongue to your faith. And uh, so we, we have to be taught to praise and worship God in the face of difficulty rather than worry and fear. Because really the natural thing to do, the carnal, the natural thing to do is that when something shows up that you weren't expecting, an emergency of life, the first natural response Mm -hmm. is to worry, get into fear. But there is a, there's a supernatural response. A faith response that's to be learned. And praise and worship is part of the faith response. And we have to be taught that. We've also been reading something that God said to Brother Norville Hayes that I wanted to read to you. And we've been reading this every episode because it's so important that we get it. it God said to him, he said, my children basically love me, Mm -hmm. but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. And as we've been teaching, to worship God enough is to worship him long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation. And then that anointing will destroy the yoke. That anointing will fight for you. Amen. And praising and worshiping God brings that anointing into manifestation. So that's how long we praise until that anointing comes into manifestation and deals with what opposes us. And then God said to him, he said, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Do you know that we, are, we have a, play, a role to play in whether great and mighty things are worked in our life wow. based on 
are we going to give access to that flow through praise and worship? That as we praise and worship, we are giving access to that flow to move in our life. Amen. Um, I want you to turn with me and look at John chapter 4 and verse 23. We'll begin reading today. John chapter 4 and verse 23 says this. Jesus was speaking and he said, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when Jesus was making this statement, he was letting us know that a new order of worship was coming into place under the new covenant. Mm -hmm. Under the old covenant, they could only worship on a natural level. Why? Because they were natural. They were not born again under the old covenant. They did not have the life of God, the nature of God. They were not new creations in Christ, new creatures in Christ. That only happened because of what Jesus did for us. Now they were, they were God's people based on covenant. They were God's people, but they were still not born again, Mm -hmm. new creatures in Christ. They did not have the life and nature of God in them. Amen. Amen. So they, they worshiped God under the old covenant, under the old Testament based on where they were at spiritually, Mm -hmm. but under the new covenant. See, now we've been brought into the family based on a based on the blood of Jesus, the life of God, new creatures in Christ that elevates us. We've been raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. We've been elevated. That means our flow of praise and worship is not going to be as it was under the old covenant, but it's elevated into into the the, the spirit and truth. And Jesus said the Father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, not based on the flesh, not based on emotions, not based on feelings. Because sometimes if you're not careful, you can get to thinking that God heard you based on how you feel emotionally. (laughs) We don't base that on our emotions. We base it on the word and we base it on we're spirit beings. Amen. Amen. And under the old covenant, people worshiped Uh, on a a natural plane. Amen. Amen. And so they didn't have the life of God in them. The Holy Spirit was not residing in them. They were not the temple of the Holy Ghost. They were not filled with the Holy Ghost. They couldn't worship God in other tongues. Right? Right? But under the new covenant, the life of God is in us. The temple, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We had this divine communication with God that we can worship him in our known language and in other tongues as amen. So uh, they, as I said, under the old covenant, they could only worship in the flesh, but we worship in the spirit. That's why you don't want to go to try to go back and replicate everything they did because we have more. We're under a better covenant. Amen. We worship in spirit and in truth. And the word says that God is seeking those who worship him at this flow. Mm -hmm. 
Why would God be seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth? Well, if you work, you understand your spirit engaged. Mm -hmm. yes. When we worship him in spirit, now we've accessed our faith. Yes. Yes. Because the faith of God is in our spirits. And when we start worshiping him from our spirit, what's going to happen? We're going to tap into the faith that's in our spirits and faith is going to flow. And then God can start moving in our behalf. And that's what he longs to do. That's what God desires to do for us. Amen. As I said, worship is an act of faith. And when God finds faith, he finds a place where he can move and manifest. And that's what he longs to do. He wants to move in our lives. He wants to manifest in our lives and through our lives on behalf of others. And so when we worship God, we step into that faith that permits him. And, and I love something brother, brother Copeland says, he says, faith is our connector to God. Amen. 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 When we're connected to our faith through worshiping in with our spirits, when we're connected to our faith, we're connected to miracles. We're connected to the impossible. We're connected to healings. We're connected to the divine flow. Amen. Because we, we know what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why is it impossible to please God? Because God longs to bless his people. And if we're not in faith, he can't move for us. And he's not pleased when he can't move for us because he wants to move for us. So when God finds someone worshiping in spirit, they're connected to their spirits where the faith of God resides. That's the faith arena. The, your spirit arena is the faith arena. And so when you worship in, in spirit with your heart, your spirit engaged, you are now worshiping in faith. And where faith is flowing and where faith is moving, God can work. Amen. Now, aren't you glad to know we're not worshiping him just based on feelings? Because feelings can come, feelings can go. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus spoke of this phrase. Look at it. He called it true worshipers. So evidently there must be a form of worship that isn't true worship. That's good. It's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for, we shall worship him in spirit and in truth, not in feelings and in truth, not in emotions and in truth, not in mind and in truth, but in spirit and in truth. Amen. So Jesus is telling us how to worship him, how to worship God with our spirits engaged, with our spirits involved. Someone may say, well, Pastor Nancy, I don't know what it means to worship with my spirit engaged. How do I worship with my spirit involved. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever told someone you love them? Mm -hmm. yeah. A family member, a relative, a yeah. spouse, yeah. a child, yeah. somebody you told them you loved them. Well, did you mean it? Mm -hmm. Yes. If you meant yeah. it, did right. it come from your heart? Yes, yeah. it came from my heart. Now you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. You mean it. Yeah. Your heart's engaged. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you were, if, if you were a young man, and you found the woman of your dreams. I mean, there she is sitting in front of you. And you're going to propose to her. And you've got this ring you're going to offer her. You're not going to have, hopefully, you're not going to have the ball game going. And you watching the screen and say, hey, will you marry me? 
and your attention is here on the ball game, but you're offering her something that you say is important, but your attention isn't on it. How important is it? How important is that ring or that proposal to you if your attention is off on something else going on around here out in this realm? So to worship God in, with our hearts, he doesn't want our attention on our problem, but our words on him. And if we're not careful, we can get in a habit. I'm talking about even in a, in a, in a church service, mm-hmm. in a song, the, right. the worship part of the service right. where we're singing and worshiping. We can get to where we're practiced at raising our hands, but we're making a grocery list in our head. Well, then our hearts aren't engaged. Listen, if our heart isn't in it, why would his heart be in it? (laughs) Right? So Jesus said he's looking for those who are worshiping him. They mean it. Their hearts are involved. And they're cutting out all other distractions. They're ignoring and laid aside all other distractions because he is worthy of full attention. Amen. And so I I remember listening to this one precious minister talk about that they were in, we we got to go to many of Dad Hagen's meetings years ago, and we would go to the convention center there in Tulsa, and there would be thousands of people, you know, 8, 10, 12,000 people there. Mm -hmm. And one minister talked about an experience they had in one of Dad Hagen's meetings at that convention center that they looked around and they saw all these thousands of people with hands lifted, voices singing and worshiping praise songs together. And this minister said to God, God, isn't this, um, this is just so wonderful to see this number of people in one location worshiping you. And they were so thrilled. Mm -hmm. And they said, when they said that to God, God said, look again. And when they did, God opened their eyes to see in the spirit realm. And they saw a shaft of light come from this person over here, a shaft of light coming from this person going to heaven and out of here. Uh, a couple of people over here randomly just throughout the, the convention center. And he said, those are the ones who are true worshipers. Their spirits are involved. The others have just taken the posture of worship. Their mind is on something else. Their attention is on something else. Well, so that, that's a lesson to us, right? That's a lesson to us. If we're not careful, we can know what's right and do it out of habit without engaging our spirits in this. But the Father is seeking those who worship Him in spirit with our hearts involved. And I could tell you this, we have to pay attention. Just pay attention. What are you doing during that praise and worship time? Amen. Because when you're in a a corporate setting, sometimes it's easy to be distracted if you're not careful. Or another thing, we just hold on to the chair in front of us and watch the praise team and just watch them worship. (laughs) That's not worshiping in spirit. Just being in the room does not mean you've entered in. Amen. Uh, I want to quote something, um, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7. 
verses 7 through 9, this would give us a bit of an understanding of what Jesus means about true worship. Matthew 15, verse 7 through 9. Jesus was speaking and he said, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people, listen to this, this people draws nigh with their mouth. What's that mean? They're saying the right words. Mm -hmm. And honoreth me with their lips. Look at this, but their heart is far from me. What's this mean? Their heart's not engaged. But in vain, they do worship me. Meaning this, it's not going to benefit them. It's not going to make a difference because they're saying the right thing. Their mouth is doing the right thing, but their hearts aren't connected to it. So this lets us know that it's important that our hearts are engaged and that's what the Father is looking for, mm-hmm. someone who really means it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter 111 and verse 1. Let's look at what this psalm says. Psalm 111 verse 1, it reads, Praise ye the Lord. Look at this. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Look at that. With my whole heart, not half-heartedly. Wholeheartedly. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Now, I say this to our congregation often, and I say it to other congregations that I minister to. When you go to a church service, that's your place of practice. Mm -hmm. It's a practice place. That's right. Because while you're in that corporate setting where faith is high, it's easy to step into the higher flow together so that when you're at home and there's no one around you, no corporate faith present, (laughs) no united faith flowing, you still know what to do because you participated and practiced when you were with the church family. Amen. Amen. These things have to be practiced because if you're not careful, we'll slip back into the natural flow of worship, of worry, of being fearful when we need to replicate at home what we saw demonstrated in our church services. And so this is what he's talking about in Psalm 111 verse 1. He's talking about when you're in the assembly of the upright, when there's a congregation around you, praise the Lord with your whole heart. Why? Because that's going to help you know what to do when they're not around you. That you're already practiced and have experience with that. Now, I want you to see the wording here again in this verse. Praise ye the Lord. And then look at this. I will praise the Lord. I will. It's a matter of your will. This is about your will. It's not about feelings. It's not about emotions. It's not about how good your day went. It's not about how good your day didn't go. It's about your will. It's about your choice. So we could say this, praise the Lord. I choose to praise the Lord with my whole heart. We could say it that way. I choose to praise the Lord with my whole heart. All in, all in, all in. And can I tell you this? When you're all in, you get filled up with what you're all in with. And let me tell you this. All the world is drawn to a full man. When people get full, there's a drawing. When you're full of the life of God and the power of God, there's a drawing. 
that people desire and long to be around that flow. Not just around you, but around that fullness in you. Can I tell you this? Even the unsaved and people in the world will pay a lot of money to get around someone full. What about rock stars and these concerts and different things? They're full of things. They are. They're full of, they're full of, they're full of what they're passionate about. And people get entertained by what they're full of and they're drawn to those places. Well, that just goes to show fullness draws. Yeah. Yes. That's real good. And when we're wholehearted toward God, we'll get full of the one we're wholehearted toward and the right things will be drawn to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Worshiping God wholeheartedly means having our attention on him as we worship our thoughts on him, our attention on him. Worshiping God helps hold our attention on him and off the wrong thing. And that's a key to victory right there. That's a key to the life of faith is what is your attention on? What is your focus on? Worshiping God helps us to get our attention off of the mountain. Now see, we're to speak to the mountain, not be focused on the mountain, not be occupied with the mountain. We speak to the mountain because that mountain represents opposition. It it represents hindrance. It represents something that's in our way, blocking our progress. And so uh, a mountain is opposition and we're to speak to it, but not with our attention on it, with our authority on it, but not our attention on it. Our attention is to be on God who is the mountain mover. And this is what praise and worship does for us. It helps us to, as we exercise our authority on, with that mountain, our attention and our focus is on the one who's going to move it. We're not going to move it, but the words that he gives us will move that. And so our attention is on him who gives those words. Amen. And we speak those words. We're to speak to the mountain, not about it. How do we know if our attention is on the mountain or the mountain mover by what we're talking about? Not what we're talking to, but what we're talking about. It only takes a moment to talk to the mountain, but what you're doing throughout the day is what you're talking about. Amen. Amen. So our faith and our attention is to be on him. He, we should be talking about him and what he has said and what he is doing. And worship helps us hold our attention on the mountain mover. Amen. Amen. And what a relief to know. It's one of the greatest ways to turn it away from the mind, to turn your attention away from your mind. Because people get, I tell you what, the mental arena will wear you out. There's nothing more tiring than trying to figure out what you can't figure out. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. So worshiping in the spirit turns us away from everything, even the mental, and it turns us this way toward our spirit where where the greater one abides, where all help flows from. Amen. Amen. So anytime we turn toward our spirit and we connect our tongues to our spirit instead of our minds, we get connected to the faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. And our, our faith 
is the open door to God to work. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The mental arena is Satan's arena. Uh When we get out of the mental arena, we got out of his arena. That's That's right. I, uh, when we enter the spirit arena, we entered the faith arena Mm -hmm. and we entered God's flow. Amen. Amen. I remember one time I was, I was preaching. I was on the road and there was something that showed up, a, a difficulty that showed up. And I, listen, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I practice peace. I mean, I pay attention to my thought life. Yes. And um, in the sense of I make sure any troubling thought, I, I don't let it stay. I pay attention to what I let myself think on. Yeah. And uh, I remember saying to God, and this opposition showed up, and all of a sudden my mind started getting troubled. And I, I said to God, I said, uh, what happened there with that? And he said, you went up to your mind to find your answer mm-hmm. to that problem. And it's not up there. Wow. Right, right. And now you're troubled because you're in the arena where there's no faith. Wow. That's good. That's good. That's a help. Listen, your mind is not the dwelling place of faith. Mm-hmm. Your mind is to be renewed with the word, but faith is in your spirit. Yes. You renew your mind so that it agrees with the faith that's in your heart. That's right. Amen. Amen. But no, if we're going to live in the mental arena, we're going to live harassed. Yes. yes. Dominated by the mental arena. Right. Yes. Um, so the quickest way, when you're starting to have your mind bombarded, mm-hmm. overwhelmed, pressure against the mind, mm-hmm. get out of that arena. Yes. Don't try to resolve the problem in that arena right. or with that arena. Right. Yeah. Get out of that arena. Yeah. Why? Because that's Satan's arena. And let me tell you what, he's masterful in the mental arena. Yes. He can outthink you. Yes. But we can outtalk him. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We take the thoughts of the word and we speak those in the face of that mental pressure and it will disarm those thoughts. It will cause them to be cast down and then to be broken off your life. Amen. Amen. If the devil can hold you in the mental arena, he'll whip you. And that's what he's constantly trying to do is hold you in the mental arena. When opposition comes and difficulty comes, because it comes to all of us, the first thing I do is I start worshiping God. Why? I'm going to get hooked up to the faith that's in my heart. I'm going to get hooked up to that spirit arena. I'm going to get hooked up to the flow where my help is. My help is not in the mental arena. My help is in the faith arena, in the spirit arena. And praising and worshiping God is the quickest way to to get hooked up to that faith arena. I was going through it years and years ago. I was going through a test, just a bombardment on the mind. And I went to God and I said, where am I missing it? And he said this to me, the praise cure. And I saw, I was quoting the word. I was praying hours a day in tongues. I was reading the Bible. All of those things are right, but I was leaving out this vital flow of praise. And when I just, I, I laid aside doing everything else of that. And I just started focusing on praising and within a week, every bit of that test that had lasted for a year and a half was gone. Why? The praise cure. Well, we've been teaching out of our book called Worship. We want you to get your copy. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and we'll get your copy right to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. This powerful book by Nancy Dufresne teaches on how to worship and bring the atmosphere of heaven into your home and surrounding your life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.